0: How can we talk about healing if you don't even think that you're worth healing? How can you talk about healing if you don't even believe that your president is worth healing? Oh, sharks. Amen. How can you talk about healing if you think that the ANC is the scourge of the land and they're just not even worth my time and my effort and my prayer? See, healing has a lot to do with value. So we're going to talk about the De Beers Mining Company. Ever, anybody ever heard about the De Beers Mining Company? The De Beers Mining Company pulled off one of the most successful marketing campaigns. Okay, are there any married people in this room? Are there any married people with diamond rings on their fingers? Okay. Okay. You guys are suckers. <laughs> I'm married. I bought the ring. I, I I know I knew all this, what I'm gonna share with you, and I still went and bought a ring. See, you guys are like diamonds. Okay, I'm gonna talk about diamonds. You guys are like diamonds, everyone oh yeah, but diamonds see. Diamonds are actually like the value of a diamond is actually nobody knows why diamonds are worth anything, okay? There's no intrinsic value to them. It's not like gold or silver that have some sort of industrial use. Okay, maybe you're going, but diamonds do have industrial use. Every industrial use for a diamond, you can grow it at a lab, very cheap, using the most common material found on the the world, carbon. It's very cheap, it's very common. It's not even a rare, it's not even a rare stone. You guys got suckered. It's not worth anything, just like you. Oh, sucks. Oh, worth. The Bible says that He counts our works as filthy rags. That we are destined for how we deserve hell. That's what the word of God says. Amen. Can I get an Amen? That's what the Word of God says. Every person sitting here, your destiny is destruction and death. Everything that you do, every work that you put in, God says He counts it. Not even worth, He doesn't even want to use it to wipe His car. He wants a clean cloth, not a filthy rag. That's what the Word of God says. So, let's talk about the De Beers Mining Company. What did they do? So, What they managed to pull off is that they they went to an advertising agency and this was back in the nineteen thirties and um w i uh, i don't it's it's an American ad agency and they did research and they figured out that before nineteen thirty eight only ten percent of couples bought a diamond ring for engagement, okay so now maybe you think, well that that's actually really weird. Because in our day and age it is normal that if you want to get an A you want to get engaged and aged engaged, you buy a diamond ring, right? It's normal. Back then, it was normal to give a ring, but a diamond, only ten percent of people ever bought a diamond to get engaged. Isn't that weird? So they launched a marketing campaign to get Diamonds in the media, they flooded the media. Celebrities, they paid off celebrities to wear diamonds, talk about diamonds, radio show diamonds. And within the span of five years, four years, sorry, diamond sales went up by 55%. Okay, that's incredible. If you you know anything about business, if you know anything about marketing, if you can get a 55% increase in four years of your sales... You're in the money, okay? Today, even though De Beers doesn't even have nearly as much of a hold on the market of diamonds that they used to have, they still turn over $78 US billion a year today. That's incredible. And they took a stone that was readily available. Most of the diamonds that you actually know of come from South Africa. Ever heard of Kimberley? Yeah, we can get into another debate of how They stole from our land and all of that. That's a different sermon. I'm sticking on diamonds. Okay, we can get into that a little different time. But they mined South Africa. They controlled the the outpouring of the diamonds. They sold it, released it into the market as they got. And they managed to sell it off at an incredible amount of money. Okay? So... Yes, some, some references that you might have heard from. Uh, go, go back. Go back, go back. One before this one. There are a whole bunch of pictures. Okay. James Bond, paid by De Beers. Okay, diamonds are a gold friend. Yeah, you've heard of that. Diamond is forever. Those are all slogans that you've all heard of about diamonds that were put into your minds. Tin foil hat, uh, it's not a conspiracy, it's just marketing. Okay, that's so we know diamond. So, why does a diamond have any value? Go to the next slide, please, Corinne. Why does a diamond have any value? (coughs) It's quite simple. Okay, it has value because of what we pay for them. That's about as simple as it gets. Okay, the diamond has value because you pay money for it. In and of itself, it is not an investment. It loses 50% of its value the moment you walk out the store. Okay? If you were to sell, if all of us in this room were to sell our diamonds, the value of our diamonds would go down. Does that mean it's a scam? No. At least not in my opinion. Okay. It has value because of what we are willing to pay for it. This cell phone has value because of what I'm willing to pay for it. Okay. The chairs have a value depending on what I'm willing to pay for it. So I got, I got married in 2015. And before that, um, I was engaged. And I got engaged by saving up for a ring. And um, that I used to propose to my then girlfriend, my present wife, just to clarify um, and when when I moved to George, Monica was still that Monica's my wife, just in case you can catch on there. Um i so Monica was my girlfriend at the time, and I moved to George, and i uh, and I wanted to get married to Monica. My girlfriend and i didn't really know how this was going to happen and the word that god gave me was okay luke don't worry about the money don't worry about all i want you to do is save up for this ring this ring okay that's all you got to do okay just 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 on a side note i don't actually i don't actually get a diamond i got an emerald because my wife likes green stones we with geologists so we didn't fall into the scam. Now joking. Um, so I got an emerald, and um, so saved up for this ring, and I put all of my time and my effort. And if you know how much money I was earning there, the fact that I even managed to save up for a ring was a miracle. But this was the word that God gave me. <coughs> and and what what made that ring valuable? It wasn't. It wasn't the amount of time that I put, it wasn't the amount of money that I spent on it. But it was a symbol. It was a symbol of faith that I'm gonna give this to my girlfriend. And I want her to say yes to getting married to me. And in that sense, it has immense, immense value. Okay? So it's very it's very easy to look at this whole the beers thing and go, well you can get very cynical about it but at the end of the day there's a guy who goes to a girl and he wants to get married and it's about what am i willing to do about to get married how much do i value this person because it's actually it's actually got nothing to do with the diamond okay How many of you know that salvation actually has very little to do with you? We'll get back to that. Okay. I'm I'm going to my girlfriend. I'm saying this is this is a ring. I've spent my time, I've spent my money, I've spent my energy. Why? Because I value you. Okay, let me ask you a question. Different question. Um why do you have value? You're like a diamond. There's nothing that you can offer God. There's nothing that you can give him. There's, no, there's nothing you bring to the table. There's no new idea that you can bring to him. There's nothing that you can go to and say, oh, wow, that's a good idea. He's thought of everything. He knows everything. He has everything. Everything that you have, he's given you, actually. Why do you have value? You have value because of the price that was paid for you. Very simple. You have value because of the price that was paid for you. <coughs> so, here's the deal. Adam and Eve sinned. And by their sin, we are all sinners. Okay. Um, they, they um, had children. Their children were born into sin. Their children were born into sin. Their children's children were born into sin. Generations and generations and generations of children born into sin until you get you and I, okay. And we've all come from different paths, different roads, and we've converged to this point on the 21st of October, 2018. Oh. <coughs> <coughs> And we're all sinners, amen? And we all have no value but for the price that was paid for us. Because 2,000 years ago, God said, I'm going to make a way for you and for me, okay? I'm going to make a way. I'm going to give of myself the only thing that I can deem of value, of highest value. I can give the most amount of gold. I, I have access to the most gold, the most amount of silver, the most diamonds, the most resources. But I'm going to give the most valuable thing that I have to pay the price for your sins. And that was His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? And so, John 3.16 says, For God... So loved the world. Okay, that, that word there. If you've, got a, if you've got a Bible or if you've got a, a journal, write down big capital words. So. Okay, when you see that word, it's a comparison. For God, so loved the world that he gave his own. Okay, he's making an evaluation. He's telling us that I valued the world to such an extent that I was willing to pay this amount, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved you, us all sitting here, the world, every person, Cyril Ramaphosa, the ANC, South Africa, Africa, the planet that he gave his only begotten son amen (coughs) cool i like this let's read another scripture turn with me to let me find this scripture for you although it should be on the slide there to matthew 15 verse 21 to 28 there. I'm gonna read two scriptures and then I'm gonna I'm gonna end off because we want to go into a time of ministry. But I just I just want to leave you with these two thoughts from these two scriptures. Okay. So there's two places in the Bible that that Jesus meets somebody and he, and he describes their faith as being great. There's only two places in the Bible. He talks a lot about faith, but only two people does Jesus recognize as having great faith. Okay? So one of them is a Roman centurion. The Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, Listen, Jesus, one of my men's being healed. Can you come? So, so Jesus is like, Okay, let's go. And the Roman centurion says, No. Don't have to come. You are a, you're like me. I have authority. I tell this guy to go there, tell that guy to make me coffee, and they do it. So I know if you say be healed, he'll be healed. Jesus is is dumbstruck. He's like, Wow, you have great faith. Go, your man is healed. Healed. Second one is this woman over here, we're gonna read about. Okay, look at this. Another interesting observation, just on a side note, is both these people that Jesus observes as having great faith were not Jewish. <coughs> okay, then Jesus went out from verse 21. For then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her, not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, Listen to this. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So Jesus is saying to this Gentile woman, I'm not here to minister to the Gentiles. I'm here to minister to the lost sheep of Israel. Okay, So he's not saying that, the Gentiles don't matter. He's just saying that my ministry here specifically is for the Jews of Israel. Okay? And his grand plan, if you read scripture, was that the Israelites were then the answer to the rest of the world. Okay? So don't don't hear what I'm not what the scripture isn't saying. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. So he's saying. I'm here to minister to the Jews. It's not, me, it's not good for me to take my time and my energy away from the Jewish people and give it to you, a gentle person. And he's using the reference of a dog. He's saying it's not good for me to take bread from a child and give it to little dogs. It's not very nice. Okay? And, and she said, listen to this. Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She, she knows exactly his mission. Isn't that interesting? Then Jesus answered and said, "O oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And there's, there's talk of value there. <coughs> there's talk of understanding the social norms, social structures. Um, and, and Jesus in an indirect way, calls her a dog. Okay? He says to her, it's not right for me to take the bread from little children and give it to the dogs. And listen to what she said. She says, yes, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from their master's table. She understands value She understands Jesus' mission. She understands that he is king, that he is lord, that he is master. And that she has no value without him. She understands that her works are as filthy rags. She understands that there's nothing that she brings to the table. And her only saving grace is to go to Jesus. Okay? Let's read another script. I'm going to end off with this one. hand over to Amul. You can go to Isaiah 53. I was thinking of only reading three verses, but actually I think I'm going to read the whole thing. It's only 12 verses. And I want, um, I want to put this in perspective. <coughs> this is the prophet Isaiah, and he's prophesying over Jesus, who was to come so when you read this keep this in mind that Jesus had not been born yet and yet Isaiah is prophesying about the coming of Jesus that's what makes it even more remarkable I want you to close your eyes and just listen listen to this just open up your ears I just really feel this is for a lot of people here Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The testament for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generations? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify me for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and many intercession for the transgressors. Let's all stand together.